Welcome to a Blood Alcohol Content Network production. Executive Producers Deb Barnett and Doug Nickber. You can find us at BACN Podcast on Facebook and Twitter and at www.bacnpodcast.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome to No Applause, Just the Clap. I am Deb, and the gentleman sitting next to me who once punched our friend Meg in the face is Doug. Shut up, Meg. Is that why you punched her in the face? No, it was a joke. Uh, I was trying to be all... You joke punched her? I, I joke punched her. Uh, um, it was, I was trying to be Rocky Balboa slash Chris Angel mind freak about it, and uh, I, I meant to, like, kind of, like, uh, cradle the back of her head. Oh, this is gonna get dirty. Um, cradle the back of her head, and then, like, kind of pull my fist away at the last moment. Uh, what happened was, when I cradled her head, I pushed forward just oh, enough. Onto your fist? Yeah, I kind of was like, meh, like, two hands sandwich. Her face was the meat. So oddly enough, that actually just makes me think of the, the slap episode of How I Met Your Mother that recently aired. Not so much that episode as the episode directly after that, when he's like, can you still see the mark where Marshall smacked me on my face? And they make what, It looks like, like a don't walk sign. They make like ten jokes about it. What was I just love that he's phrase, getting... talk to the talk to the hand because the face can't ain't listening doesn't work because your hand the your face actually is the hand. And I love that it's his fiance is still in on the let's do the like round table riffing. Um, that it doesn't stop. Let's talk. Hold on. Do we have how I met your mother on there? No. But I can put it down. Let's talk about it now. Let's talk about Have you seen the new episode? Yes, I have. I have all caught up. Tell me you did not get a little... Maybe it was me. Maybe it's me. Get a little... A little teary-eyed. When the mom is singing the song, and there's, like, Ted, like, the, the balcony divider away, and he's talking about, like, that was the first time I heard your mother sing that song. And it's still his favorite. Oh, my God. But, I mean, that whole episode... Just kick my doing, heart in the ass. I guess it... <laughs> That whole episode when they're showing the mother's journey is pretty bad. Because they're like, you know, it's her birthday and the guy she was in love with passes away. Oh, God, yes. And then they have the relationship she actually does after that, which is fine, but it's not special. So it's like he didn't do anything wrong, but he wasn't Well, it was her singing with the breakfast English English muffin, muffin. and she's like, and it's it's memories, which he says is still haunting to this day. Um, And... You know, he's like, oh, that's great, whatever, singing English Muffin. And you're like, well, this isn't going to work. And you meet the, the lead singer of the band for the first time. Like, Total fire starter. I loved seeing uh, kind of the, she kind of Forrest Gumped through his life. I really liked, because you're kind of like left wondering, well, how did she get, how did she react to getting the umbrella back? And how, you know, she was the roommate and how did... The, was what that was Rachel the joke Bilson? About, yeah, it was Rachel Bilson. But what is the joke she makes about the, the fighting robots something else phase that she was going into? She was going into her, uh, 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 what was it, like robots boxing watercolor stage? Period, yeah. And yeah. Like, That's pretty awesome. But totally that's but he loves that she paints the robots. Well, playing that comes sports. up, like I said, that comes up in the the Rachel Bilson episode yeah. where he's he's dating her and he picks out all the things that are the roommates. 
she's like, get out. That, and I did love the bookend on the Rachel Bilson plotline where she ends up being lesbian. And she kisses. She the kisses, mom. She kisses so much. She's like, I might have some things to work out. Yeah, you might. Like I said, I um, did like that bookend. I really liked that, that. That was what they did for the 200th episode. That They kind of flipped it around and the opening credits say, How Your Mother Met Me. Yeah. And it's all of her friends and how she got there. Which I think some audience members of the people that just generally watch sitcoms, like Two and a Half Men, like they don't appreciate kind of having that, like kind of the other side explained. I love seeing both sides of something. Absolutely, and that's what I'm saying. Like I think, but most I mean, I don't. also, like, in general, kind of enjoy knowing what other people's perceptions of me are. Not you know, like hateful, assy, troll-like type of things, but you know. They're no one's gonna say friends that are friends of mine. Hey, Trogdor. Well, you can dance if you want to. You can leave your friends behind. And if they're not friends, then if they don't, or if they if, if your friends don't dance, yes. and if they don't dance, well, they're no friends of mine. As long as we talk, it, I don't think we have to pay the rent. I can't. I don't want to. I don't want to pay for the copyright. Mm-mm. It's too much. Mm-mm. It's too much. Mm-mm. So I actually did watch both of the comedy specials that you gave me. Great. And I made the non-turn watch them with me as well. Okay. Pat Oswald, always funny. I love, though, he's talking more and more about uh, how he's kind of mellowing in his old age. Yes, it's how, a, lo- a lot about his daughter. Well, I was actually talking about how he doesn't hate any music anymore. <laughs> that made me laugh, yeah. in your 20s, you're like, fuck that! And you're now Selling you're like, out, they're just Meh. doing it for pussy and money. Well, why else would you do it? Well, it's just one of those things where my thoughts are, uh, I'm sorry, Doug. I've got to take the devil away from your coat. The cat is trying to... Oh, there went your ingress. It's okay. It's not going to hurt anything. Oh, there's so many things happening now. What? The devil is... Oh, hold on. The cup's going to fall on the floor. Huh? Hold on. Okay. Damage control. Worst damage control ever. Doug is lame. Thund. Thump. Thund. Whatever. Oh, I lost my place. What were we talking about? Uh, was it ponies? Uh, no. It was uh, Pat Oswalt. No, I'm kidding. No, but it's like the mellow age. Uh, I was going to say the mellow... Mellowing? Really? The mellowing. You know, you you have to... Let's explain that. You have to periodically check your ingress. I'm sorry. My farm is getting taken down by seven agents of the other side because apparently it takes seven of them to fucking deal with two of us. So I need to make sure that they're not going to get my guardian portal and my home portal. That's why I got to check my ingress periodically. I'm just saying that's what's happening while the cat's trying to to have sex with my coat. He just wants to have sex with your coat. Sorry, it's just how it is. But it's it's like I said that the relationship is that she has is is, is Lewis his name, the. Are we on highway at your mother's? Yes. Oh fuck! I thought we were on Pat Oswald. Oh, we are on Pat Oswald, aren't we? Sorry, I got distracted. Time say, shift. Hmm? Time shift. <laughs> we we time traveled. Uh, Matt, I believe Max was the name of the dead boyfriend. No, the one that she was seeing for a couple of years that proposed. Oh, the good-looking guy. It's just like I said, there was the no chisel thing- looked like the perfect guy, like the 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 anti-Ted. I kind of, like, called him in my head where I'm like... Like I said, there was nothing wrong with him. He just wasn't the one. And I don't... And I don't blame her for that. Well, it's just, you know, 
Have you ever had that relationship? Because I've had that relationship. Where I'm with somebody, and it's fine, and it's okay, and it's good, but we don't really have a long-term future together, and he's a lot more insane about me than I am about him, so I'm just like, I should probably cut him loose. I should probably move on. Um, I've, I've experienced aspects of that, but then it's reversed where... Um, wait, did you say you're more into that other person? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me. Um, I, I have the reverse where I was more into her, but um, even I realized in my kind of momentary like infatuation where I'm like, this is not going to work. Yeah. Her name was Jessica, uh, and I hope uh, she's not dead from an OD. <laughs> Well, that's a terrible thing to say. I hope she's not dead from an OD either. Why is that horrible? I think that's great. Well, it's just one of those things that's a fear of yours. Wouldn't say a fear. A passing thought? That's the first time I've thought of her since we dated. Okay. Well, alrighty then. During my I'm gonna date strippers phase. I have a hard time picturing you dating strippers. Is that weird? Not to me. I dated two of them. Yeah, it's, I just don't see it. Yes, he spoils Red Bull with a smirk on well, his face. <laughs> you look at me now and you're like, you don't date strippers, you just look at them. No, um, it's not that. It's more the fact that you enjoy being intellectually stimulated and this is... Oh, this it is, had nothing to do with intellectual stimulation when I dated strippers. You know what, I... This just got uncomfortable. Um, so they have a lot of costumes, and it was like dating Mystique. I'll throw that out there. <laughs> if only people could see the facial expressions I'm making right now. Dumbstruck would be the word I'd use. So bad, Oswald. Mm-hmm. As we're jumping around here. Speaking of what I can get to date, naked blue women, yeah. Uh, his description of hiring a hooker. That was so awkward. Was that the one I texted you about? I think it was. Where he tagged it with a a Werner Herzog reference? I think so. But it's just one of those for the expression on her face. Did he fuck me and I didn't know about it? He's that weird foot fucker. The, all right, let's go get lunch. Because apparently you need to let me see me eat a sandwich to get off. To get off, yeah. Oh, God, yes. Um, I loved hearing kind of the, the debauchery stories of him reminiscing about, well, now that I'm married and I've got a kid and I've settled down, let me tell you about all the fucked up shit that happened when I was on uh, basic cable. Like, you know, like, it was fucking awesome. That and his description of doing the casino gig. Where it was that paid for what was it like a, a quarter year, a year's worth of his daughter's college can't turn it down he's like I didn't tell a single joke and I've never made an audience happier standing ovation he says it's just the the ratatouille he just what does he say like he just like yelled his IMDB resume <laughs> what, didn't the, she, she basically like forbid him from doing more than 30 minutes she yeah like, yeah and he was like but I don't oh okay um yeah, it was, uh, for my, my takeaways were, uh, the Lean Cuisine Toto suicide bit. Aww. 
He's like, I have to give my depression credit for this. And every time he describes his depression... As an actual thing? Well, no, it's it's pretty as spot like a trickster on. god? It's like almost as good as hyperbole and a half's description of depression. Where it's just so spot on. Because you and I both will suffer from depression mm-hmm. occasionally. I like, I think pretty suffer, much... I suffer from mild clinical depression, yeah. Like I said, which I think is, you know, pretty much everybody in the entire world. But there are moments... Well, thanks for discounting my diagnosis, but all right. No, I mean, not, not your diagnosis. I'm just saying everybody gets depressed occasionally. Yeah. I was going to say, but, and it's always in weird spots. It's like you're doing something randomly and something happens in your depression, much like Loki, sneaks up and is like, blam! This is going to happen now. You deserve to be ruled. You mewling quim. Hey, while you're up, can I have my other Red Bull? But we did watch another comedy special, which is also awesome, which our non-turn was extremely fond of. Really? Yeah, he loved it. Do you want to, uh, I was going to say, say what the other one was, Doug? Oh, because you know I'm just going to revel in saying the title. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Neil Brennan's Women and, was it black people? Black dudes? Uh, women, women and black, black guys. dudes. Was it black guys? I think it was black dudes. Yeah, women and black dudes. Surprisingly funny. I love Neil Brennan from... Um, I I think I really he really came into his own in my mind. Not, I shouldn't say that. Um, he kind of came into a cultural penetration moment with me, um, on at midnight and then on the Nerdist uh, podcast. I did not realize he'd been so involved in the Chappelle Show. The Chappelle Show. He wrote jokes for Chris Rock. He worked with Charlie Murphy. Charlie Murphy. Um. Well, you mean Charlie Murphy just doesn't have that one bit where he talks about celebrities that he knew. That's a couple bits, because that's Rick James and I Prince said, playing basketball. I said bits. I oh, did you say bits? Now I'm thinking about him playing basketball with Prince. Shirts versus blouses. blouses. I want waffles, bitch. He, like, lowers down. Oh, God. Love it. But, yes, it was actually really funny, and the funny thing is, a lot of his bits when he's talking about women are pretty true. You're all cold, and you're all, you're, are all starving, that is completely accurate to every girl I've dated since I was probably 15. I will give you the cold thing. The starving thing, not so much with Oh, me. God, yes. The, like minute, said, the minute a girl's bitchy, feed her. Like I said, I will give you the cold thing, not so much with the starving thing today. Not so much with the starving thing. But uh, with the cold thing, you know, I actually do have two excuses for that. One, I'm a girl. It's, I'm sorry. We really are just cold all the time. Two, I actually have low blood pressure, which means that I am cold. Just, it just is. But yeah, I just, and I'm a firm believer in overdressing. I layer like nobody's business. See, I'm just, I'm thinking about all the points he makes there about that women always being cold, women always being starving. You all dress the for the first 30 seconds of wherever you're going to be. I completely agree with that. No, it's, it's the that. heels thing and the I'm going to go take out 80% of my hair and then we're going to talk about how you're not being honest with me. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. And he talked about the, I want to jump to the black dudes part. He talked about um, the N-word a lot on the Nerdist and being called that. And he goes... I get called that, like, in texts and phone calls. Do you like, know Jamal? <laughs> he's like, yeah? Well, he gets to say it. Why can't we say it? He's like one of, one of the three people, three white people that get to say it. 
You know, what's interesting about that is I actually had an interesting conundrum at work last night involving the N-word. And you're going to laugh when I explain this to you. Probably. Uh, I had a very slow night at work last night, and I have my, my co-worker who's still kind of a trainee. And so I was kind of letting him do a lot of the prep, because he hasn't done yeah. most of it before, and I was supervising. He and I, of course, refer to that as Tom Sawyering. When he's doing stuff and I'm supervising, we call that Tom Sawyering. And you know why, don't you? The, the whitewash. No, no. It's the bit, actually, in Huckleberry Finn... When he and um, Huck, I was going to say, and Huck Finn are trying to break N-word Jim out from when he's captured as a runaway slave. And I was going to say he's supervising them. So I had to explain this to my Czech co-worker, and I actually did have a moment where I thought to myself, am I going to say N-word Jim, or am I going to say Robot Jim? I was going to say I'm Robot explain- Jim. No, I, I actually, I thought about it. I thought about it hard. Damn it! Sorry. How's your portal? Not well. You are actually just said damn it and then just text damn it. I did. I said damn it, then I just texted damn it. My, uh... I don't know. What, what should I call him? My, my attache? My underling? Protégé? I don't know. I was going to say... Not attache. Well, yes, because he takes my notes. No, kidding. Kidding. I was going to say, he's been trying to save my guardian portal, but then one against seven, it's just too much. Worst Bob Saget game show ever? One against seven? Yeah. It's just too much? <laughs> Colon, it's just too much. So, um, like I said, I did have that moment where I had to think whether I was going to say Robot Jim or N-Word Jim. And I said N-word, Jim, just because I didn't Now, really you have to explain. be sensitive to robot Americans to say R-word, Jim. Like I said, it's most, mostly just because I didn't want to have to explain why I was saying robot, Jim, to the same chick. Oh, God, yeah, no, you don't want to have to explain that. And that was true. That was actually, that, he, uh, Neil Brennan talks about, like, it's recent, but that's actually... Okay, I have to ask you, um, should I, I was going to say, should I correct somebody's grammar in a text message when they're doing me a favor? How bad? Uh, he used the wrong two. Let me see. All I can do is wait till they leave. Just too many. No, no, that's fine. He used the wrong two. No, that's that's that's. I consider I consider that like on par with leet speak. So. At least they didn't use the number two. God, I hate that crap. It's still leet speak. I, I would I consider that. I hate it a lot. I'm sorry, I just went back to the too many dicks conversation we had. I was gonna, I was trying to think of a pwn joke, but I, you know. Moving on. Sorry. I less than three, you. Less than three? Yeah. Because it makes a cyber smart. Oh, that heart, heart. yeah. Yeah. Less than three. It's just gonna be awkward today, isn't it? Uh huh. Yeah, we're only, uh, we're just under 20 minutes. No, no, no. We've had lots to talk about. I finally watched Red 2. That's unfortunate. Really? I actually quite liked it. We talked I about this see, however, months ago. Yes, but I hadn't watched it till now. I was going to say... It's not as good as the first. It's not as good as the first. Mm-hmm. I can see why you didn't like it as much as the mm-hmm. first, especially if you hadn't watched the first one pretty recently. You need to watch the two kind of close together. Do you really? Yeah. It makes it so much better if you watch the two kind of close together. Okay. Because you'll pick up on some of the same nuances with the character relationships. 
still though it it didn't have the same and i talked about this it didn't have that whole like old versus or i'm sorry uh like experience versus youth it did not have the experience like, versus uh, youth uh, thesis it, that that was originally in the that that uh warren talks about you know in interviews about the first one like i said no it doesn't have that however it does continue to prove what a badass helen mirror is yeah yeah and bruce willis no, I'm just, her in particular, just because it cracks me up when they have her like locked in some interrogation room at MI in MI six, and they're like, you know, trying to. You've never heard of me. You weren't supposed to. I was gonna say, I think he's gonna execute her or something like that, or take her away, and she just beats the crap out of him. Oh, she just rules him. And my second favorite scene in that is when they handcuff the Asian assassin to the convenience store refrigerator with the glass front. Dude, he takes out all the fucking cops? Say, and he breaks the door off and uses it as a as shield a fucking and a weapon. weapon. Yeah. Like, it's fucking awesome. It's, like, it's I, beautiful. It's beautiful. Love it. I mean, there's a lot of great moments, but just in the underlying thesis of Red, I didn't think it had the original spirit. But I loved Anthony Hopkins. He was great in it. I know I left my pipe somewhere. <laughs> I haven't seen the movie so long. I, I don't no, know. I recommend you go back and watch the two of them pretty close together. I have a pile of stuff to watch. Uh, and then I will eventually get to uh, doing the red. It's not a marathon, but... No, it's probably a good, what, four hours? Between the two of them? I did like something they did in the second one where they brought the comic book a little bit more into it where they used some of the comic book-esque drawings as transitions between locations. The, yeah, the, uh, uh, Cully Hamey, uh, uh, Cully Hamer? I believe, I want to say his name is. You keep saying that and in my head I'm thinking, Cully Ma. Cully Ma. <laughs> you know, pull the heart out of the chest. Yeah. That was my least favorite Indiana Jones. Temple of Doom. Number one's got to be what? I really like Raiders. I was going to say Raiders. I mean, I like Holy Grail a lot just because Sean Connery... Oh, Last Crusade. I'm oh, sorry, Last Crusade a lot just because Sean Connery is his dad. Hilarious. We named the dog Indiana. Junior! Yes, sir! Yeah, just the immediate reaction and the immediate, you know, him being a small boy being mm-hmm. chastised again in that moment. It's funny that I've actually been uh, playing The Rock a lot on AMC. <laughs> and I've just been... instead, I've just been going... Womack. Over and over, because it's just like, I love that part where he's doing the, the bent quarter on the two-way mirror. Yeah. He just, like, uh, breaks in on, um, what is that, William Forsyth and, uh, Womack. Of course it'll be you. You know, it's like, losers whine about their best. Winners, Win- fuck go- the prom queen. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. He goes... Like, Tina was a prom queen. Like, it's so fucking action movie, it's ridiculous, but... Was that a hit or not? Oh, yeah. Huge. Huge. So, you and I had had talked about... Michael Bay at his, quote-unquote, best. No, I'd say best. No quotes. Michael Bay at his best. It's pre-Transformers. I've seen the conceptual art and statues for the new Ninja Turtles movie, and I'm actually really excited about it about Michael Bay kind of like hints at date rapist yeah he looks like a date rapist thought I'd just quote Mulrats on that one sorry you're fine Ingress no I'm just checking something it's not that's unimportant um 
I was working last night. Mm-hmm. It was trivia night. Mm-hmm. And I got done and I was sitting there eating my sandwich, enjoying my Jameson. And the question was, now known for being host of At Midnight, what MTV dating show did Chris Hardwick get his start on? What a singled out? That's easy. Like I said, and Michael and I immediately looked at each other completely uninterested and like singled out and then went back to what we were doing. Huh. And the girl next to me is like, oh my god, what is it? He does a bunch of stuff now. I think he's famous for nerdy things. And I'm just like, oh god, you stupid bee. And I'm like, yeah, he, he works for the Nerdist Network. He's actually doing quite well. He is the Nerdist Network. He's... I was going to say, I'm like, he's actually doing quite well. She's like, I don't think he deserves any of it. I'm like, you know, he works really hard. She's like, does he? And then I went back to my cocktail. Um, speaking of Nerdist, real quick, we've actually um, joined sides with them. Hmm. We've allied ourselves. This is something I meant to talk to you about last week. We have allied um, with Nerdist and the internet um, on the save Pierre front. Oh, God, we're going to talk about Pierre the Pelican? Well, he keeps favoriting our tweets. The mascot of nightmares that knows well, our faces? Because, have you heard about this? No. They you tried want, to talk to me about it, and I didn't want to talk to you on the phone because I was at work and crying. They, they want to redesign him. <laughs> So he's not fucking terrifying. That might be difficult. And uh, so the uh, the nerdist uh, Hardwick and his and his ilk, um, and we've joined them on this. Um, did you draw a concept drawing of what you think he should look like? No, I did. Uh, I did actually tweet at Pierre um, that they shouldn't let anyone cut off his face because without skin he would be more terrifying. Um, I mean, who thought that that was a good idea? Who approved those designs? Yeah, but they want to make it more kid-friendly, which he's already eating he's children. He's for our so. children. Yeah, I mean. Wow, you it's... are just going to be a mischievous asshole today, aren't you, Trogdor? I'm sorry, apparently my redneck neighbors are going to be screaming Ooh. out the window. Huh? I believe they're being a menace to society. Um... So, um, yes, we've joined Nerdist in the Save Pierre um, front, um, and there was something else I just thought of, and I can't remember what it was. Anyway, oh, speaking of petitions, I actually want to say I was one of the 100,000 people that signed the federal petition to deport uh, Justin Bieber. Okay, how many Canadians have we ever actually deported? None, and it won't work. But I'm just, no, I, my I, thing is I, that it has to be I'm put... I'm sure we've deported some Canadians, but it was probably for horrible things like pedophilia and murder. Or just visa expiration, and they're just nobodies. Lord, between the but I actually signed a petition to deport Justin me. Bieber because he is a threat to our uh, 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 national integrity. I thought you were going to say our very way of life, and then I was going to start yeah. laughing. No, I, I agree with that. Uh, and he's a, a bad influence on our children. One, when somebody is a pop star, that doesn't automatically make them a role model. Just because people choose to idolize them, doesn't make them a role model. Yes, some people take it more seriously than others. And no, I'm not defending his behavior, but I'm just saying, if you're bottling your behavior off a pop star, you're a fucking idiot. Actually, this is funny. This is what I was going to say before the little break. <clears throat> that Harvick brought up a very interesting point. 
Bieber is doing exactly what nineteen-year-olds would do. He's no, egging I, houses, racing cars, smoking pot. The thing is, he's doing it with a higher resource level, a r- higher resource pool. So he's doing like twenty thousand dollars w- worth of egging damage. He's street racing um, Lamborghinis, and then the pot I just assume is probably really, really good. Um, as opposed to all the skunk crap I smoked when I was his age. So. Oh, well. But it's also the thing that, you know what? You can't deport somebody for being a douche. You if should. you could, we wouldn't be able to travel anywhere. We as Americans, not we as Devin Doug. Well, we just tell everyone that we're Canadian. Mm. It they're, doesn't work. Beavers from Canada. Like I said, they're Fuck. never going to buy that. Canada? Yeah. Yeah. Canada. Yeah. That's where it's from. Canada. Not Canada. Nope. Canada! That was creepy. That was Akira. Oh, watch Akira. It's been a long time. Yeah, because, uh, what is it? The older guy's name is Canada. Canada! Akira! They just yell people's names the entire movie. Thanks, Japan. I shouldn't have said that shittily. I love Akira. So, since we've been talking about the Hardwick, you wanted to talk about that Midnight State Reunion. Let's talk about the wet dream that became reality. The State Reunion on At Midnight. Their panelists were uh, Michael Ian Black, Michael Showalter, and... I'm going to fuck up her name. Is it... It's not Laura... Um, Laura Kenny Silver? Mm-hmm. Or, you, but you know who I'm talking about. I'd the probably, one girl that was in the state. I'd probably know her if I saw her. Oh, you'd know her from Reno 911. You're right, I would know her from That one with the yeah, short hair? Yeah. Um, so they were on, and they suddenly had this, like, oh, like, it's almost a statement unit. If only we had Tom Lennon, and he was in the crowd. And then no, they cut to you just can't wait. they cut yeah. to uh, Ben Garant wearing. By the way, Ben Garant wearing a the Cramps uh, "Bad Music for Bad People" T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Um, they had David Wayne. They had Ken Marino. Um, they had the guy with the beard, whose name I don't remember. They had Joe Love Trujillo. It was effectively a state reunion, and the state was hugely influential in. What I think comedy is. I love Ken Marino so much. Uh, well, he said, and he said on, he said on at midnight, he goes, I want to dip my balls in it. Like, he did the Louie character. When, uh, spoiler alert, Showalter gets eliminated, he does the Doug character. He goes, I'm out of here. Like, he did the Doug character. Um, it was a lot of fun, and I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm a huge fan of the state. I love... Tom Lennon being the uh, old, was it the old Italian grandmother character? Mm-hmm. Uh, when they had the re- recurring sketches of the kids in the basement, like an Italian um, dinner function, and he like jumps down and like f- like frog leaps like down the stairs, lands and goes, "If you take another meatball, I cut off your hand. I feed it to the dog. I love it. Just, I love this state. It was hugely influential. It, it really." Close second with uh, Mr. Show in terms of my favorite sketch comedy shows of all time. Well, all right then. 
So I was really happy to see a state reunion. Apparently of this is going to be fuck you, Deborah Day, because it sounds like now they're vacuuming in the hallway of the apartment building. Awesome. I can't hear shit. Really? Hmm? What? I can't hear a fucking vacuum. Is it because you're deaf? Probably. You wanted to talk about in a world. Mmm. In a world. Don LaFontaine. Um, uh, I watched In a World. Uh, Don LaFontaine. Which, um, the movie is kind of a fictional take on movie trailer voiceovers. Did you want a shotgun watch a movie about voiceover actors? Yeah. Um, which we will get to on a separate movie I watched. Um, but it was uh, written and directed by Lake Bell, um, who I know from Boston Legal. I know her from a few different things. Yeah, and, and she ends up doing uh, voice acting. She was actually surprisingly good in a really terrible movie called What Happened in Vegas. Uh, she was like the best friend. She was the best friend she's, in that. She's but, the Carrie um, Fisher of our generation. I was going to say, but she had <laughs> like one of the few priceless moments in that movie where she goes to the ex-boyfriend's place, the friend's ex-boyfriend's place. And knocks on the door, and then she's kneeling down. So when she opens the door, she immediately punches him directly in the junk. And he falls over, and he's like, why? And she's like, you know why. Nice. And that's that's the best friend you need. It's the best friend you need. That and the other part where her friend, who is Cameron Diaz in this, is berating for her for letting her do something stupid. And she looks at her and just says, I throw up in my purse. Okay. Well, they're in Vegas. What do you expect? Okay. Uh, Cameron Diaz actually cameos in um, in a world. Yeah. Um, but what basically the the plot of the movie is that Lake Bell is the kind of um, dreamer slacker um, archetype uh, daughter of a very well known voice, voice actor. actor. Okay. Um, the guy that does like all of the like uh, they don't do the in the in the worlds, but he's he's he does is all he the Mr. movie, movie trailers. Film? It's kind of a, yeah. Capote. He's rated R. Um, and uh, she ends up um, kind of in competition with Ken Marino, weirdly. Uh, and the, the, the premise is that she starts getting these jobs and doing voiceovers. And the, the very beginning, he says, uh, her dad says, like, I'm not being sexist. It's just that modern audiences will not accept... Or audiences will not accept, like, a woman voiceover. Actually, I will admit, I do prefer a male voiceover for the most part. I mean, there are certain female voices. But no it was kind of like it. her breaking through and her kind of shedding some light on that really shitty, um, I wouldn't even call it glass ceiling, but you know what I mean? Like, that really shitty limitation that women cannot do voiceover. Um, and it turns into this competition between... Her and kind of the new, young, uh, hot like hot talent. talent, yeah. Ken Marino. Ken Marino, um, to do the uh, voiceover uh, for the epic, the Amazon Games, which is a take on the Hunger Games, which has uh, Cameron Diaz in the trailer. It's really funny. PSP didn't even talk about the whole Hunger Games spear throwing thing in the Patton Oswalt uh, comedy special. I think Patton's being a bad dad in that... I think he's the bad dad in that scenario, by the way. What did you teach me? Scooters and Blade Runner trivia. 
<laughs> My poor daughter will be one of those people. Um, <laughs> I'm teaching her self-confidence. Self-actualization. She's fearless. Nope. She's a messenger to the uh, mutants who just want gasoline. There was something about the spear mistress. She's a slave for the spear mistress. Amazonia, the spear mistress, or whatever he called her. Um, but no, really good. Um, very sweet. Uh, uh, Dimitri Martin plays um, Camarino's foil. Not hard to believe on that one. But you had uh, a very interesting cast. You had um, not only Lake Bell and, and Camarino we talked about. Mm -hmm. um, you've got uh, Rob Corddry. Uh, Dimitri Martin, I think I already said. Um, I'm trying to think what else was in it off the top of my head. Oh, uh, Nick Offerman and Tig Notaro. Really? Yeah. Tig. Love Tig Notaro. Really good, really dry. Gee, what a shock. Uh, same with ooh, same with Offerman. Uh, doesn't have a mustache. Looks really weird without a mustache. I've seen him without a mustache. He looks really weird without a mustache. He's still just like the ultimate. Oh, he's still man. Like, he's still, he can't help himself. He's. I'd like to talk, hear him talk about bacon and woodworking, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, In a World, a fantastic movie. Really funny. Um, I can see where it got. It was kind of the, uh, I believe it was kind of an indie darling of uh, Sundance. So, and I can see why. It's one of those phrases that just kind of makes everything in me just, like, shrink back a little. Indie darling of Sundance. I didn't say the dance. If you took the dance, I probably would have tagged you in the balls. Are you going to the dance? Yeah. Wow. Listen to the new Nerdist. Anyway. Jonah overhears two uh, screenwriters. I'm going to put cans in a plastic bag and hit you with them. Jonah talks about hearing uh, two writers at Starbucks talk about who's going to go to the dance. And he goes, the, the dance. Big, the and, big dance. And Hardwick goes, dance. And he goes, you know, sun dance. And he's like, oh. It hurts my soul. It hurts my vagina. On that note. Sorry, just probably shouldn't talk about that. There was a slew of guest stars on Community. Speaking of guest, yeah. Speaking of guest stars, uh, you haven't watched it. I did. I'm not going to spoil a lot about it, but you had uh, the new episode of Community uh, this week, uh, which would have been last week's episode, the uh, the corkboard episode. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, you had Kamel Nanjiani. Mm -hmm. Nathan Fillion. Woohoo! Nathan um, Fillion, who still has the reputation of being one of the nicest, most thoughtful men in Hollywood. And he has, like, this weird smarmy menace to him in, uh, in a community, which is really funny. Where he's like, hey, we're trying to keep, we keep trying to look at these websites, but they keep getting blocked. Maybe you could do something to unblock them. And you're like, oh, Nathan Fillion watches porn! Um. It's, it's gross and creepy. But, like, kind of in order of, like, the, the kind of hierarchy of bureaucracy in red tape, you've got uh, Kumail Nanjiani, uh, Nathan Fillion, uh, Robert Patrick. Awesome. As the, uh, once again, menacing, um, some kind of parking lot maintenance? Attendant? Yeah, not attendant, but, like, parking, like, dean? I don't, I don't know what you <laughs> <The> Parking dean. <laughs> um, and Padgett Brewster. Um... A phenomenal, phenomenal cast. Um, and I don't believe the episode with Mitch Horwitz uh, cameoing has, has premiered yet, so I'm really excited for that. Well, all right, then. 
Um, but I'm, I'm really psyched that, uh, what's his name? I, I can't think of the actor's name off the top of my head. Um, but he was, uh, Mike Ehrmantraut on Breaking Bad, and he plays Hickey, the criminologist, uh, a criminology professor in, um, in, he uh, plays in community. Pierce's, I wouldn't say replacement, but, uh, He's the new Stanley? Pierce, and I'm really down with it. Well, also, by the way, he was cast as, uh, he's cast in, uh, Better Call Saul. You know what? You so and I really have happy. yet to talk about the link that I sent you yesterday, where they did some more casting. They news. did some more casting for. You and I both had the same takeaway on that, though. But it was this new casting for Batman. Superman. We'll we'll segue uh, from this casting into our next thing. Okay. Um. You sent me a link. Uh, we'll do this really it quick. It was on the random. Yeah, it was on the rando, and I was uh, I was reading my celebrity news, and this one popped up on the random. That they have cast Jesse Eisenberg as. Lex Luthor. To which my thought was, wow, where the hell are they going with this? But there was another bit of news in that article. Our takeaway was... Ooh, Jeremy Irons is going to be Alfred. Jeremy Irons is Alfred, which I immediately texted you and said... You can't trust him. He killed Mufasa. Absolutely. I laugh like an idiot at work. Like, I think that Nick thought I was insane until I could stop laughing long enough to explain to him why I was shrieking. Can't trust him. Kill Mufasa. 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 Uh, oh, right. Anyway. Um. Yeah. Oh, that was. I don't know where I was going with that one. Um. Multi international. El Lion King. El Lionel Leo Royale. The old royale. Um, I'm just going to jump. Uh, where are you from exactly? I don't know. I'm kind of doing all of Europe and parts of Asia. Um, um, I love the idea of Jeremy Irons as Alfred. But. At this point, the cast. Okay, here's here's my. They're so all over the place. Here's, here's my two things. Here are my two things on uh, what effectively is going to be. Shit show? Yeah, basically, they call it Superman Batman, but it's going to be Justice League version one. I mean, it really is. Uh, one, I hope they don't cram too much crap into that movie trying to play catch-up to the Avengers. They pushed it back a year. It's actually gonna go... Oh, is it? Is it not? Is it now not going up against... Because Avengers 2 is 2015, right? I think it is trying to go up against Avengers 2. Which but is, Avengers which I think 2... is a mistake. I think it's a huge mistake to try and go wow. up against Avengers 2. Especially since, by the way, they've been talking about Thor three a lot as well now. They're they, well. They're already. Oh, they've already started planning uh, Captain America three. And that's not even Captain America suit. Okay. It's not even out yet. They released a new like twenty second teaser for the Super Bowl uh, ad they're gonna do for Winter Soldier. I haven't seen it yet. I'm... Oh my god, awesome! And you know, I hated the first Captain America. I was. I like, wasn't a big fan of I'm it. I'm like, okay, let's get through this so we can get to the Avengers. Yeah, yeah, Tesseract. Okay, great. Moving like I said, on. let's get through this so we can get to the Avengers. But every preview I see for Winter Soldier looks fucking awesome. Tell me you don't fall in love with the character Winter Soldier. Like, fuck that you that you know who he is or what he's up all about. Like, just as a fucking badass. That scene where Captain America throws. His shield and fucking Winter Soldier just goes clunk, catches, and you're like, you're just like "Well, Aw. shit's about to go down." <laughs> That's your exact thought process too, by the way. It's about to go down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my thoughts on on um, Justice League uh, Light. Um, LTE. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. 
Diet Coke of Justice League movies. Um, like I said, they're casting so all over the place. But hold on. So one, I hope they don't cram so much shit in it that it sucks. Uh, trying to play catch up to the Avengers. In the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Which is funny, because my response to that is cram it in your cram hole for Emerson. I would have gone fart hole. Um, <laughs> my new favorite word. Um, that and hug fuck. I know why. Because a girl tried to fuck rape me in my fart hole. Which <laughs> means she... said that at work. I did, really loudly. Um, girl kicked me. I was crouching down. I said something snide. She decided to, like, playfully kick me in the butt and got a little close to, um... The danger zone. Yeah. Yeah. And I uh, immediately, like, was like, Hey, you should have foot rape me, you know, in the fart hole. So, um... And two, that the cast for Superman Batman has now become so goddamn crazy that I'm pretty sure it has to work. Like, Jesse Eisenberg, Harry, Henry Cavill... Ben Affleck, Jeremy Irons, uh, uh, what is her name? Uh, Godot. Um, Linda. Uh, it's not Linda. That was actually a joke. What is her name? Uh, Gala or something? I, Excuse uh, me. Yeah. Something like that. It starts with a G. But uh, whatever her name is, Godot as Wonder Woman. Like, it, oh. it's, it's literally gotten so fucking crazy that it is going to either be a wildly successful movie... Or a wildly uh, successful you failure. You know what? Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Make it the greatest fucking thing I have seen. Once again, Nolan is still Nolan is still executive producing it, so I gotta have faith in Snyder, Goyer, and and Nolan. Like, yeah, because Snyder whatever, did such a great job on Man of Steel. I thought he did. It was okay. It wasn't great. But it was better than Superman Returns. It was better than Superman Returns. Which Speaking is of that, movies directed by Brian Singer. I was going to say, because Kevin Spacey was really good in Superman Returns. Speaking of movies directed by Brian Singer, real quick, Please they released... the love seat. They released the 25... Count them. 25 covers for Entertainment Weekly showcasing each character from Days of Future Past. <sighs> Among fun. them... Some shocks. Okay. Um, I mean, you had future, uh, future and present Wolverine, future present Professor X, Magneto, so forth, so on. Who else is really excited for Michael Fassbender's Magneto? Yeah. Um, also, anything Jennifer Lawrence. That's right. Put on the blue body paint. Do it. <laughs> Fuck you, Hunger Games. Um, two things. You see your first picks. Of the Sentinels. And I really like that they kind of have a very odd kind of steampunky version of like the present version where it's got like a, a, like an air vent kind of in the middle of them. Yeah. Um, And then you have kind of the futuristic, crueler looking. Like I said, a little more low tech, a little Mm -hmm. more crude, and then they get a little bit more uh, streamlined and sleek. And and cruel. Um, And then very interestingly, and this is What's going to, kind of a weird takeaway from all of the, uh, all of the, uh, uh, covers that had people like that you wouldn't know. I mean, I'm not saying that in a mean way, but you probably don't know, uh, Warpath or Blink. No, I don't. Um, and Blink is by far my favorite character. Like I said, I'd love to lie to you and say that I do, but I totally don't. No, I love Blink. I love J- Judd Winnick's, uh, Exiles. I love Blink. She's a great character. Even her death in the Phalanx, um, 
one of the storylines in the, in the X-Men in the 90s. I loved it. Uh, early 2000s. Anyway, hold on. I want to get uh, really quick, and then we'll jump. You knew I was about to say movement. I, I know. Did, didn't you? Um, who appears on the cover? Havoc. You know, the one who died in first class? I'm sorry. I was trying really hard not to say Davy Havoc. I don't know what that is. AFI. No, fuck. God, I haven't heard that name in a long time. Anyways, sorry. Die in future. Uh, dies in first class. He dies in first class, and he's all of a sudden on the cover of Entertainment Weekly. Yeah, but I mean, if it stays a future past, then wouldn't he still be alive in the seventies? No, he's in like future clothes. Hmm. 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 Are we gonna, now, are we gonna are, do the regular show? Hmm. 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 I watch Adventure Time. Sorry. You know they've got their toys in the uh, Happy Meals now. Who's that? The Adventure Time toys. They've got the Jagged Finn toys as the prize. God damn it, woman, I have pizza. Don't make me want to go to McDonald's. I thought I told you about that. No. Yeah, they've got Finn and Jake Adventure Time toys as the Happy Meal prizes. Do they have Fiona and cake? No. suck. You know what I really, really want? Cake? Lumpy Space Princess. She makes a comeback on the fucking wedding episode. I'm I'm sorry. My favorite plot line they ever did with her was when she was a hobo and they thought they were invisible vampires and they're harassing her in the forest. They got into my toilet paper! So, back to Arrow. Um, Some stuff's going down. Super down. I like saying it like that. Um, super quick, because uh, I know we're running low on time. Um, you've seen the... Uh, once again, uh, DC's trying to play catch-up with Marvel and build their universe. And you have Amanda Waller start popping up more and more in Arrow. Yeah. And she's putting together a squad. Now, if you read the comics, there's a certain squad that Waller put together called the Suicide Squad. Yeah. And uh, she's approached Bronze Tiger, who makes a comeback in this episode, uh, played by, what's his name, Spawn. Um, Michael... Oh, Spawn. Um, uh, or he was in Dark Knight, because he was the, the black guy that died. Um, what he was. I want the clown dead. Whatever, money, dead, alive, whatever. Let me show you a magic trick, Doug. Nope, this was the uh, the, the scene where he goes, oh, we have a lot of room for rapid expansion. Rapid growth. Um, so, uh, yeah, Michael J. White. <laughs> I like that I said Spawn first and then remembered his name. Um, he plays Bron Seiger, he's come back, and Waller's putting together uh, the Suicide squad. squad. So we'll see kind of where that's going. As well as, I, I hate to spoil it for you, but I really do want to talk about it. Um, well, I warned you that I think I might do the same thing that I did with Arrow Season 1, where I think I might just stop and wait. And binge. And, and binge when it's done, just because and it's been very evident in the last two episodes, I haven't had time to do shit like Now, I'm, I'm going to use this phrasing very specifically. Okay. Uh, Green Arrow has had a problem getting through to Broy in order to control his Miraku rage. Miraku. Miracle, uh, Miracle Rage, mm-hmm. right? You were yeah. aware of that. Yes. Uh, Green Arrow is put to the point where he absolutely needs uh, Roy's strength. Roy's busy beating the crap out of Bronze Tiger for rage reasons. Um, he's all hopped up on the Miracle Roy's. He's, he's all hopped up on Miracle Balls, yeah. And um, so Green Arrow, and I'm saying this specifically... Green Arrow's way of breaking through to Roy, what do you think it would be? 
to really break through to Roy. Shoot him with an arrow. Nope, because it'll heal. Breathe? No, kidding. Sorry. What? I don't want to hear about your fucking slash fiction. Um, takes the mask off and, like, talks to him as Ollie. Ah. So now you have the last scene of the last episode with Roy meeting with Diggle and uh, Felicity Smoke in the, what I'm going to call the Arrow Cave. Um, and you're like, welcome to the team. We're, you know. Welcome to the Thunderdome. Yep. Yeah. Good. So. They haven't named him yet, have they? No, but he keeps wearing his, like, they're like, do you have a red, like, do you have your hoodie? Put it on. And it's a red it's hoodie. red arrow? I really want to be fucking Arsenal. I really do want them to move away from, like, kind of the arrow theme. And, and, and have him call Arsenal, because he's got, like, the strength, the speed, the healing. Like, let's, you know, kind of move him away from the arrow whole thing and, and... Because um, in the comics, I mean, he's been wearing the red hoodie the entire time. Even the first introduction of yeah, him. but even Arsenal's costume was red and black. Yeah, I mean, yeah, those were nod to to Speedy, and and eventually Arsenal became Red Arrow. But he was like Arsenal first. But Speedy's clone. Dude, you have fucking no idea. I'm sorry, sorry, I won't go Young Justice. We because have... I really want to spoil that for you. Don't. You and I just need to watch it together. I think I actually might switch up my Saturday schedule so you and I aren't tight on time. Oh, I'd love, I've got it on my external. I'd love to rewatch the second uh, second season. So we have one last thing we'd like to discuss before we get to our nuts and bolts. Doug, do you want to admit this? Do you? I have been accused of being one. I am not. Well, duh. Doesn't mean you didn't watch this. Um... I watched, and it's a really good... I'm going to preface this. It's really, it, it's really good so I can get out of it. Um, I watched the uh, the Bronies documentary. Now, if you don't know what Bronies bro. are, um, they are male fans of My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, which my, which my daughter watches. Um, and uh, they... I, I will I will premise all this with I think a the animation voice acting and writing on it is all top notch. I, I, I was top notch. Top notch. I was really floored by the voice acting and the animation off the top. I mean, just upon first watching it with with the kid. Um, that does not make me a brownie. I'm not obsessed with it. Um, but one of the voices is uh, Tara Strong who uh, you would know as Batgirl from the 90s Batman, mm-hmm. um, and uh, John Delancey from uh, Star Trek. I was going to say, he's done a lot of he's stuff. He's Q, and yeah. he was in uh, Breaking Bad. Yeah. He plays uh, their kind of like perennial um, uh, character, uh, antagonist character, Discord. Um, I'm not obsessed, I just know that from the documentary. Um, but it was really interesting that they, not only had, they had psychologists on, they had this show creator, they had voice actors on, they had writers on, um, and it kind of follows, uh, the arcs of, uh, several of these bronies, mm-hmm. um, and the psychologists say, like, these are men that are, um, in their 20s and 30s, they're all, they're mostly heterosexual, they may watch it with their teenage brony sons, like, it, it, you know, I mean, it, it kind of runs the gamut of, 
who watches it. Um, but the point was more of the male side of the the internet phenomenon that, that uh, is this fandom. Um, but they follow uh, a six. I think he's a fourteen year old kid who um, has a very conservative father, and he's worried about telling his dad this because it's almost like coming out, despite the fact that he's not gay. Um, but it's like kind of coming out to his dad uh, about just his interests, which I I recognize. Like I didn't, you know. I mean, as a grown adult into comic books, like you know, my parents expected me to grow out of it. And I was like, nope, nope, still into it. Um, they have a kid that uh, is diagnosed with Asperger's, and um, he decides he wants to go to one of these like brony conventions. And his mom's like, he's never wanted to be around other people in his entire life because of the the you know not understanding social cues and the anxiety. So this is getting him out of the house and into like social like this is crazy. They had one where the all, all of the bronies uh, came to the. Um, aid of a uh, a six year uh, a six year old brony who had a tumor a brain tumor, and survived and they raised like something like seven thousand dollars for him to help like you know pay and they sent emails and Tara Strong, uh, who's the voice of the the main uh, pony um, Twilight Sparkle. Shut up, uh, you know she came to like deliver the the checks and like you know and talk to the kid. Um, John Delancey talks about the phenomenon and how he was, like, amazed by it and how he's at all of these conventions now. Now he's got two weird followings. He's got his following from Matt and his following from Star, Star Trek. Because Cube was always my favorite character. Well, they, they pitched Discord as kind of a mischievous whatever, and the, the I guess the executives were like, nah, and she's like, imagine him as, like, Q from Star Trek. And they go, oh, can you get John Delancey? And that's how we ended up in it. Um, but he... Uh, uh, Doug, this is fascinating. Time's a factor, Lois. Look at fork, fork and, and lug. lug. All right. I need to leave in like eight minutes. Do you really? Crap in a hat. Social, uh, mistakes, uh, no. Where are we at? Internet told me I'm wrong. Real quick. Uh, Doug Foodie plays for the Patriots. Steve Trevor was the name I couldn't think of in Wonder Woman. Albie was the name of the racist dragon. Thank you. And uh, Sam in book nine was World's End. Of course it was. Uh, I, I think we had a few problems uh, with this is the end, world's end, the, the world's, world's end, end. Yeah. yeah, so forth, so on. Yeah. Uh, mistakes I made this week. Doug, arms. Arms are God's mistake. Uh, my body. Um, <laughs> it was really slow at work. I decided to clean out a storage area. I'm now talking and fast forward. I'm sorry. Um, zen, zen. I am a cool stream. Um, I have to pee. Like, pee or... No, like, you said cool... Anyways. Um, Scout's mistakes, and this is probably... I did a lot... I, himself in. I did a lot of moving of heavy boxes. Yeah. And I felt it in my arms. Hello, comrade. Um, Sorry, the non-turns here. We're trying to hurry up and finish, but Doug is being long-winded. It's in my purse. Uh, my arms are killing me. I should not have overexerted myself. My arms are my mistake. God's mistake. You don't want to wait for me? I thought you were ingressing. I am. Okay, I'll see you in a bit. Das Vidanya. Das Vidanya. Hey, if it's good enough to drive, can you go to the Wizard City and get Doug some dolls? You don't have to do it right now. All right, thank you.
arms, God's mistakes. Okay, so Doug, I don't know if you've ever had this problem. As of late, I'm having dreams about being at work, which is the worst, because you wake up exhausted. Being at work and working, having weird conundrums. I've been having dreams about recording podcasts, so Aww, kinda? I'm sorry, honey. I'm sorry. Unfortunately... Tell me to set our guest schedule. The work dreams that I've been having are about a job that I haven't had in over ten years. Paris? No, Macaroni Grill. I didn't know you worked there. It's one of my first jobs that I've worked at for a very, 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 very long time. Very. Like, I'm pretty sure I could still actually do that job. Nah, it's just grilling macaroni, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Just turn the pasta on the grill. Mm. Are those anxiety dreams? Or is my brain finally trying to tell me that it's full and I should get rid of some of this information? I think there's a bit of a zip drive... Uh, zip drive? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, your brain's exceeded 100 megs. Um. I mean, is this is this like a Baron Vaughn moment where it's like, I'm sorry, I can't put anything else in there. There's DuckTales theme song lyrics in there. Yeah. Um. That's why I don't know how to be in a successful relationship. There's DuckTales theme song lyrics in there where that information should be. Not me, I'm fine. I Maybe have, a I, bit I, I have the same, I'm like, normal people pay bills, like have sex, social cues, and I'm like, I know a lot about Green Lantern. <laughs> I want a Green Lantern ring. He's written a book, doesn't make it real. But yeah, like I said, I mean, are, are, these, are those anxiety dreams, or is my brain just too busy with other things that it wants me to focus on something else? Is it trying to tell me that I, I need to Or maybe you just want to go back to a simpler time. No. no. I meant racism. Robot Pepper Jim. Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> racist cookies. Social contract, asshole. <laughs> what are we doing? Is it the racist Car one? flags. Yep. <laughs> That's the racist one. So, we live in Denver. Pretty, pretty middle-of-the-road liberal. Whoa, that's not where I was going with that Not one. particularly homogenous. And it's Super Bowl weekend at time of recording. So there are lots of Broncos flags all over people's cars. I don't want to live in this planet anymore. Yeah, that's, and that was just the, that was just the uh, AFC uh, conference yeah. thing, or whatever the boys say every week. Um, I saw a car waving... Let this sink in. There's the stars and bars with the Broncos logo in the middle. Oh, why? It's not enough that you're like, hey, I'm racist. Hey, I'm a sports fan. Now you're a racist sports fan. How can you make a sports team racist? Oh, just put their emblem on the stars and bars. But hey, remember, that Broncos white. Those colors don't run. See, now all I can think of is the demon Bronco by the airport. You know what I'm talking about, right? The big sculpture. Uh, 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 uh what do they call it? Horsifer? Uh, Horsifer works for me. You know that thing killed the sculptor while he was making it? Mm -hmm. Uh, Blucifer. No, yeah. I think that's the name for it. Blucifer? Mm-hmm. Or maybe that's that bear by the convention center. Like, that's pretty funny, too. But now all I can think of is, is that horse there by the airport, like, using its demon laser eyes to weed out the minorities. 
that come to and from the airport. Hispanic. Hispanic. It's like it's like a horrible, horrible cosmic TSA. It's just one of those things. It's like why it's do like you a, have to take a thing that's already pretty exclusionary? Because professional sports really are. And racism. I was gonna say and combine them. Let's take two things that are already pretty exclusionary. Hey, the South's gonna rise again to beat the Seahawks. Why? This is when niche culture is coming back to bite us in the ass. Really is. Not only am I a Broncos fan, but I'm, I'm also I'm a racist. racist. Wow. Oh my this is, god. This is the underbelly of niche culture, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I blame you, Internet. Yeah. This would, it would I'll be black and white. It'd be Sin City style if we did a, a, a thing about this. I blame you, Internet. Who's that knocking at the door? Why, it's our supervillain friend of the show. Okay, Simon. Do you mind answering a few questions for us? Simon, what does the fox say? Thank you for listening to the BACN, your home for Omos Bacon and Banjo!